Welcome, friend. Today, we're going to take it in with Deuteronomy 10, 19, using my step-by-step Bible study method, and you will find links to a study sheet as well as videos for the step-by-step masterclass in today's show notes if you'd like to learn more. And I am welcoming back once again, my dear, dear friend, Susie Crosby. Susie is the author of Just One Word, 90 Devotions to Invite Jesus In. As always, welcome, Susie. We are so glad you are here. I'm so glad to be here. Thank you, Angie. Deuteronomy 1019 in the NASB says this, so show your love for the stranger for you were strangers in the land of Egypt. So I'm going to talk to you for just a minute about um, the book of Deuteronomy and this, like this unpacking is just a little bit longer than I do on some of the episodes, but I think that you will find it really valuable because I don't know about you, Susie, but sometimes Deuteronomy can be one of those books where we're like, yeah, I'm not sure that really applies to me mm-hmm. today, but I just really appreciate how um, a couple of different places I got this from insight.org and also the IVP women's Bible commentary, all the resources for the episode are in today's show notes. So, so just kind of, we're going to talk first about the author Moses and it says some obvious editorial changes were made to the text sometime after Moses recorded the bulk of it. For instance, he could not have written the final chapter, which dealt with his death. However, these and other small changes do not affect the generally accepted authorship of Moses. So um, that just points to Moses being the author. The date was around 1406 BC. It was at the end of the 40 years of wandering endured by the nation of Israel. The children who had left Egypt were now adults ready to conquer and settle the promised land. Before that could happen, the Lord reiterated through Moses his covenant with them. So Deuteronomy actually means second law. And it is a restatement of the law for a new generation through a series of speeches from Moses. The IVP Women's Bible Commentary actually calls Deuteronomy the most significant book in the Old Testament because it brings together and reflects on the principles of covenant living. It provides a historical background for the nation of Israel. It gives a sample selection of laws and rituals and discusses the consequences in terms of blessings and curses if Israel does or does not keep the covenant. And so I guess I pause right there to say there's so much of that that's applicable for us. I've been studying, Susie, the word if in the Bible, if this, then that. Like, it's just been this interesting thing how often God says, if you do this, then I will, right? And I think that this is like our if-then book almost, right? Like, huh, if yeah. you follow me this way, if you follow these commandments, um, if you live by this covenant relationship, then you will um, receive my blessings. You will have the abundance, the bu- abundant life that Jesus talks about. So I kind of right now, anyway, in my study, I'm like, oh, this is kind of my if book right now. But uh, one more comment uh, before we move forward with the verse about Deuteronomy. It says Deuteronomy is a driving force inspiring loyalty and action. It is in many ways the equivalent of a modern motivational video or seminar It is the nearest thing that Israel had to a national constitution. It gives the people of each generation a sense of national identity and drives them to take seriously the implication of their identity as the people of Yahweh. One of the main links with the New Testament teaching and with the teaching of the prophets is the stress that the essence of religion, I like this, the essence of religion is not a set of beliefs and rules, although beliefs and rules may be important. But the essence of religion is a personal relationship with the God who has chosen this people as his own. This relationship has to be lived in the context of everyday life. Deuteronomy provides data about what this means in practical terms 
and a stimulus and encouragement to live it. It stands, ultimately, I like this very much, as a refueling station for the people. I like that so much. Think about it like when we're out of gas, go to Deuteronomy and be reminded of what it means to live in covenant relationship with the Lord. So um, chapter 10, it talks about recovering after a fall. We're in the part where God is talking about what he requires of Israel, and it is a call to obedience, reverence, and compassion. So thank you for your, I guess, uh, extended attention as we did a little book overview, but I just found that so interesting and rich. And so I wanted to share it here. I'm going to read 1019 one more time as we get started. So show your love for the stranger, for you were strangers in the land of Egypt. Okay, start us off, Susie. Step one, choose my word. All right. Our word for today is stranger. And it means in the English definition, an outsider, someone who's not native to a community, um, a person or thing that is unknown or with whom one is unacquainted. Stranger could be one who does not belong or is kept from the activities of a group. I also like to look up the opposite to help me understand the, a word. So the opposite of stranger uh, are words like native, resident, friend. And then I like this one, familiar. So someone who's um, familiar is the opposite of a stranger. I feel a sense of belonging mm-hmm. or not belonging, right? Like yeah. a stranger doesn't belong, but someone familiar does belong. It doesn't say that exactly. And I don't think we mean that. We don't mean that all strangers don't belong, but as we look at the word a little deeper, there's just, I just feel this like sense of inside or outside, right? Yeah. 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 Outsider was the first word Mm -hmm. that I came, that I found. And yeah, that's, I mean, that just sounds harsher than stranger. Stranger sounds kind of like it's, um, it doesn't have emotion with it, but outsider Mm -hmm. has some kind of emotion attached to it Mm -hmm. for me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Step two in the method is investigate. We divide that up in four parts. Part one is to compare the word in other translations. So here's some ways that other Bible translations write stranger. The NIV says foreigners, the ASV sojourner, the CSB resident alien, the CEB immigrants, the TLV outsider. We were just talking about that and the WYC pilgrims. So those are some other words that Um, are translated from this word. So part two of the investigate step is to research the original word. And let's look at at that a little bit deeper, Susie. All right. In the Strong's Dictionary, the Hebrew 1616 is gar, which um, means, I guess it's translated alien. That was the closest I could find because alien is used quite a bit Mm -hmm. in um, a lot of translations. And it's from... um, Hebrews 1481 properly, which means a guest. Mm -hmm. I thought that was an interesting um, take on it because outsider, the English definition to guest, a more biblical definition is very different in my mind. Yeah. The difference between outsider and guest emotionally is huge. Yes. Yeah. Like an outsider seems like somebody that's a little scary and Mm -hmm. a guest seems like somebody we would make Welcome adjustments or, for in our home, yeah, right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. You're a guest. Um, one of the definitions that I saw was a newcomer with no inherited rights. Mm-hmm. I thought that was interesting. Did you say that already? You didn't say that. No, already. I Did didn't, you? Okay, but good. I have yeah. that too. Yes. 
I was like, oh no, did I miss it? Um, But I thought that was interesting because we talk so much about the right that we have as children of God um, and the inheritance that we have. But this is like someone that's on the outside of what is some, what belongs to us. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, Part three of the investigate step is to read a little bit of commentary And I thought I would just kind of set this up just a little bit because right before this verse, it's talking about how we are to love the Lord with all your heart and soul, how we are to circumcise our heart, how we are to follow God and imitate God. And then it talks about, these are some of the ways that that becomes apparent. If we've done that, if we've loved God, if we're following God and um, that, and it talks about God showing no partiality, that's verse 17, God accepts no bribes. God defends the cause of the fatherless and the widow. God loves the foreigner residing among you, right? And so it's saying like, so love God, imitate God, follow God. These are the ways that God does what he does. And so we are to do things the way that God does things. And so I just thought that list of things was kind of interesting. Um, One of the commentaries I read said, in your attitude towards the dependent foreigner, imitate Jehovah, but not only treating him with justice, but also befriending him with the warmer affection of love. And I think that's interesting because sometimes I think we pat ourselves on the back for like not being mean or being (laughs) neutral or something. Right. I don't do, I don't do anything to those people, whatever that happens to be. Um, I don't do anything to people who are on the outside. I'm not mean. Well, that could be true, but are we warm? Are we loving? I don't know. That, changed it for me a little bit. Yeah. That is so interesting. I have another scripture that was from Leviticus that where God gave the same commandment that I found when I was studying. And it says, um, the stranger who resides with you shall be to you as the native among you and you shall love him as yourself. Mm. Woo. That's a lot different than just not being mean. Yeah. Because yes, a lot different than not being mean. <laughs> right. Yes. Uh, or even just not being involved or not being like, I, yeah, not, just being neutral or or right. whatever the case may be. Because I'm thinking, you know, what, what is the command to love your neighbor as yourself? But what you were just saying is the stranger is the neighbor right. you are to love as yourself. Yes. Yeah. And mm-hmm. that is a long way from just not being mean. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So don't be mean, but. Let's not pat ourselves on the back for not being mean either, right? Um, Matthew Henry wrote this. He says, we are here taught our duty to our neighbor. God's common gifts to mankind oblige, oblige us to honor all men or people. And those who have themselves been in distress, I liked this very much, those who themselves have been in distress and have found mercy with God should be ready to show God's kindness to those who are in like distress. So here's the thing, like, we all know what it's like to have been on the outside. I just can't imagine that anyone listening has not had a feeling of you walk into a group of people and they stop talking and that doesn't feel good, right? Because mm-hmm. either something that was being said was either about you or something you did not want to hear or whatever. And all of a sudden you just have this feeling of, I don't belong here. I'm not included here. I'm not welcome here. We know that feeling. And what can we do as disciples of Jesus Christ to say, um, no, you come in here. You do belong. I'm going to set, I'm going to pull up an extra chair to this table. I am going to be someone who befriends you and loves you well, even if that doesn't mean we're like the best of friends or whatever, but I am going to show friendship to you because I'm not going to be a part of this. 
I say no, right? Mm -hmm. So part four in the investigate step is to rewrite the verse in our own words. And again, I'm going to read the verse from the NASB. It says, so show your love for the stranger, for you are strangers in the land of Egypt. How did you rewrite that, Susie? I wrote love like Jesus. Show (laughs) kindness to the person who is new, different than you, unfamiliar with how things work. You have been there too. How can you love strangers the way Jesus loves you? Unfamiliar with the way things work and different than you. Yeah. I think that's those that's really powerful. I think it's I think in this moment, I just feel the Holy Spirit leading me to ask the question, who are the people that you want to turn away from? And what's that about inside us, right? I mean, most of the time it's a we we fear what we don't understand. Right. And and so where are the people that don't know how something works or don't feel included or what's the other thing that you just said or not like us yes yeah yeah Um, new different than you unfamiliar with how things work yes yes and what might we be able to do even for a moment to reach a handout and say i'm just going to help you take a step forward here i see that you're lonely and i can do something about that well the other, the next thing I wrote was you have been there too. Like God keeps reminding the people you were strangers in Egypt. We, we know the feeling. Let's just stop for a minute and think about what would help if it was me in this situation, you know, put yourself in that place. We, we know it. It's not too hard to remember and then think what would have made such a difference or what would have made my heart calm or feel welcome. And if nothing else, um, how do you show kindness if you can't fix the problem, right? Cause we can't always fix problems mm-hmm. for people, but how do you say, I see you, mm-hmm. I see that you're lonely. I see that you're struggling. I see that you're not mm-hmm. included or you don't know how this works. And I care about that. Yeah. Yeah. Step three in the method is to find the characteristics of God. I wrote down a couple of things. I wrote down no favoritism that God Mm -hmm. loves all. He doesn't play favorites. Everyone is special, but no one is quote special, right? Like I always say, I'm special, but I'm not special (laughs) because God loves us and he doesn't play favorites. As I just said, like, it's just, Mm -hmm. if, and if he doesn't play favorites, then, and we want to imitate him, then that means we don't play favorites either. Right. Yeah. And I also wrote down good deeds that God makes himself available to remind us we belong with him. So the way that it feels so good for me to know that I belong to and with God, and that is non-negotiable. How do I demonstrate and live that out while we're here on earth to other people? How about you? A characteristic? Does anything stand out to you? Yeah, I wrote um, that kindness is just Mm. his characteristic that I think I like to think about the most that for myself. And remembering that his kindness is exactly the same for every single person. Right. Yeah. And yeah. so, yeah. And yeah. I always, it's funny. We, a lot of times you and I have different ones, which I think is, I think that's really, cool. in, really neat. Yeah. I do too. And um, I, you know, to, to tag onto your kindness, I th- and I think like this with a lot of things with God, the more that we are in touch with God's kindness for us, the easier it is to offer kindness mm-hmm, to someone else. Mm-hmm. We yeah. recognize the many places or can we? How do we, how do we recognize better and better all the time as we grow the ways that we, God has just showered kindness in our lives in places we didn't know we needed in places we didn't deserve it in places we reject. I mean, just kindness 
showered over us. Um, and the more that we are in touch with that mm-hmm. and what a difference that has made in our life, the easier it will be to say, I don't need to know if you deserve this or even if you want this, whoever you happen to be. It's just, I just have so much of it from the Lord that it costs me nothing to yeah. overflow that onto you. Yeah. Yeah. Step four is to identify the lie where we talk about kind of what makes this challenging. What's the obstacle to it? What's the half truth the enemy will whisper to us so that we do not live this way. Susie, Susie what stands out to you? Oh man, I really don't want to read this one. <laughs> this is like <laughs> then this it's is probably ugly, uber important that you do. Ugly, ugly <laughs> lie. So um, so just remember I'm gonna say it's a lie before I read it, and that's a lie afterwards. Um, people who are different than you are less than. Just feels terrible to say. Just feels ugly and ignorant. People who are different than you are less than. Thank you for yeah. saying it out loud Ugh. because it's we I when we say it out loud and it does sound so bad, I think that's the way that we can kind of quickly usher that prayer back up to the Lord and mm-hmm. say, help me not entertain this at mm-hmm. all, right? right? Um because I don't want to live this way. The world will say that is true. You know, mm-hmm. the enemy says that is true, or that it's it's irresponsible or um, foolish to get tangled up in something that's so different, or I, I'm just, I can't even articulate what I'm trying to say, but just stay away from it. Right. It's just too dangerous to get too close. And, um, yeah. And we have to call that out and say, you know what, if that's where I'm called to go, if God is opening me a door, if God is opening up a door for me to serve in this place, then I will serve in this place, whatever this place happens to be, I will trust him and follow him. Because if people are there, he's there. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Step five is called So What, where we talk about a takeaway. And I wrote my takeaway like this. I put God promises I belong with and to him. He has showered kindness. I just said that. I forgot that I wrote (laughs) it down on me. And I can remember to share a bit of that kindness on others. Even if unlikely someone does reject my kindness, God sees my heart's intention and is pleased with my desire to serve him by loving them. So I think sometimes we do get wrapped up in the response. Like if I, if I reach out to someone with kindness, then they should X, Y, Z, it should go like this or whatever. And really for one of the things that's important for me to remember is I don't answer to the results or the response, right? I answer the call of God on my life, you know? So what he is asking me to do is the, and whether I do that is the only thing he's concerned about. Um, the result is not up to me. So how about you, a takeaway? Yeah, I was thinking, I still like to go back to kind of that childlike faith. And I, I think we confuse ourselves or our kids when they're little, we tell them the rhyme stranger danger, like, and that feeds into us for a lot of our young years, like other people we don't know are bad, scary, you know, watch out, stay away. Yeah. But I feel like we need a new word or new little rhyme for when we're adults and we are trying to follow Jesus and love people the way he's asking us to. And that is, so I have sort of a silly rhyme instead of stranger danger, we're going to be stranger rangers. We are going to seek these people out and bring them in because I love it. whatever group we are part of, it can be a, you know, the Christian writers group, which I happen to be part of. And when I was new, 
somebody, I was feeling like it was gonna be my first and last visit. Nobody talked to me at first. And then this wonderful, warm woman who seemed like my mom who had recently passed brought her love to me and hugged me and welcomed me in and wanted to know all about my writing and changed the whole thing for me. And mm-hmm. so even in like these Christian situations, she was, she was seeking out. She she had tons of friends there. She didn't need me. She was doing that because her heart was just so full of love for Jesus. And she was obeying this. Yeah. I love that stranger ranger. Yeah. How are we like scanning the horizon of our mm-hmm. life, if you will, for the one that looks scared, the one that looks unsure, the one that looks like I think I'd rather leave than stay. Mm-hmm. How do we extend a hand? Just a a moment of kind, a kind word and anything that says, please don't leave. We want you here. Yeah, right. That, yeah. There's so much power. So in that. much power. And yeah. Yeah. She didn't do it for the result. She did it because the love was just overflowing out of her that Jesus puts into, into her. And that's what he gives us enough for that. He gives us plenty to reach out and bring them in. So we can be, we don't have to have stranger danger anymore. We're all grown up. Uh, We're grown up. We can (laughs) handle it now. (laughs) We can handle it now. I love that takeaway. Thank you, Susie, for sharing it. And we would love to hear your takeaway. If you have one, you can email me anytime at steadyonpodcast at gmail.com. If you haven't yet, I would be so grateful if you would subscribe to the podcast on whatever directory you use to listen. It only takes a second and it guarantees you will receive every episode. Plus, it just helps the show a ton. So I really appreciate it if you do that. And I encourage you to tune in on Wednesday for our Live It Out episode with Heidi De La Cruz. Heidi is a podcaster who uses her gifts to tell the stories of immigrants and her uh, teaching on the issue of immigration and encouragement for faith communities to address the issue of immigration is a, a live it out on this verse, Deuteronomy 10, 19. Susie, as always, thank you so much for doing this with me. I just learn so much from you and I love having you here. I learned so much too. Thank you, Angie. And thank you, friends, so much for listening. I pray wherever your day takes you, you are walking in the confident knowledge that you are a beloved, cherished child of God. Peace. <laughs>